2: 15 days to go, the swing state sprint. President Trump and Senator Kamala Harris both in North Carolina, while former President Obama hits the trail for the first time to drum up support for Joe Biden. The president looks to turn out white working class voters, while Obama hopes to get black voters who stayed home in 2016 to cast their ballots for his number two. The economy's number one.
3: I'm here for Joe Biden today.
2: Breaking news the man arrested for allegedly threatening to kidnap and kill the Democratic ticket. The shocking details tonight from the Secret Service. Only on CBS for the first time, our cameras go inside Wisconsin's largest hospital. I wish people would take this serious. And a nurse tells us how her husband, a war veteran, prepared her for the battle of her life. Breaking news. New CDC guidance that could change how schools and businesses operate in the pandemic. Still separated. More than 500 migrant children who were taken from their parents are still apart, many of them under the age of five. Tonight, the effort to reunite the families. The Pope's stunning shift. The leader of the Catholic Church expressing his support for same sex civil unions. What this means for gay Catholics and the future of the church. Purdue Pharma's guilty plea. The maker of OxyContin agrees to an $8 billion settlement, where the money will go. In the nick of time, what happened when an officer risked his life to help a woman trapped in a burning car? And wise beyond her years, the eighth grader whose discovery could help fight COVID-19.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell
0: from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us. The race for the White House is a full on sprint tonight with the current president and the previous one facing off in dueling rallies in two critical battleground states, which is 13 days until the election tonight. Former president Barack Obama is on the stump and out on the street in Philadelphia campaigning for Joe Biden. It's the first time he has appeared in person with voters since the pandemic, since the pandemic began. And he's doing it in Pennsylvania, a state that both campaigns say is a must win. Now, some 500 miles south tonight, the current president is holding his own rally in North Carolina. Now, that's a state that President Trump won by four points four years ago. Well, tonight, it is considered a toss-up. But even as President Trump tries to change the momentum of the race, he's not changing his stance on the coronavirus, saying in an interview there's, quote, not much he'd change about his handling of the pandemic. Now, that comment comes as new cases of coronavirus across the country, including in North Carolina, are surging. And there's also some breaking news tonight on the virus. The CDC saying it has a new understanding of how the virus spreads. And so it's now redefining what it means to have close contact with someone who is sick. So there's a lot of new reporting to share with you tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Philadelphia. Good evening, Ed.
5: Well, good evening, Nora. As we begin tonight, the former president just wrapped up a speech to about 200 carloads of supporters at what the Biden campaign calls a drive-through rally. Supporters are instructed to wear masks, keep a social distance, and honk in approval. This is the first of several stops the former president's expected to make in the closing days of campaign 2020.
6: We're going to have Joe Biden as the next
5: president of the United States. Former President Barack Obama tonight hitting the streets of Philadelphia, returning a favor to his former running mate, Joe Biden.
6: You guys delivered for me twice, and I am back here tonight to ask you to deliver the White House for Joe Biden
5: and Kamala Harris. Mr. Obama also tore into President Trump for reportedly having a
6: secret Chinese bank account. Can you imagine if I had had a secret Chinese bank account when I was running for re-election? You think, you think, my, you think Fox News might have been a little concerned about that? They would have called me Beijing Barry. Earlier, the
5: former president visited a community center in North Philadelphia and made a direct appeal to fellow Black voters, who make up a large part of the city's electorate.
6: People vote when they see other people voting when they see their peer group voting. So I think that the most important thing we can do in these closing 12, 13 days is for us all to model and advertise that it's the cool thing and the right thing to do to vote.
5: The Biden campaign is hoping to prevent what happened to Hillary Clinton four years ago, when black voter turnout, especially among men, Declined compared to 2012 when Obama was on the ticket. Supporters lining up to see the former president said he'll energize turnout this time around.
3: But he also was the most instrumental in getting more masses of black and brown people out to vote. With him coming out here with Biden, that's going to solidify that black and brown vote. He was right beside Barack Obama, and they worked together. We can bring this country back to where it need to be. But
5: in addition to Philadelphia, Biden also needs strong turnout in Pittsburgh. And he must limit Mr. Trump's gains in more industrial and rural parts of the state, including his native Scranton and places like Erie. Biden himself has campaigned across Pennsylvania 13 times this year, and he remains holed up tonight next door in Delaware, preparing for his final face-off with President Trump tomorrow night. Biden aides expect Biden will try to remain calm when the president attacks and do what he did in the first debate, focus on speaking directly. To voters. Nora.
2: Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, President Trump is making his 11th visit to North Carolina, just as a federal court there has ruled against his party. The new decision says mail-in ballots can now be counted up to nine days after the election, as long as they are postmarked by November 3rd. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy.
0: President Trump heading back to North Carolina tonight. Thousands of his supporters gathering for another large rally the president's second visit to the state in just a week.
6: We're going to win the state of North Carolina. We're going to win four more years in the White House.
0: The latest CBS Battleground tracker shows North Carolina is a toss-up, former Vice President Joe Biden leading by two points, but well within the margin of error. In 2016, President Trump won the Tar Heels state by nearly four points over Hillary Clinton.
1: He's going to bring jobs back to this country, and I'm really excited about
2: that.
0: The Trump campaign views North Carolina as critical to his re-election. The president even used the power of his office last month to win support by declaring Wilmington the nation's first World War II heritage site.
3: That's a big deal, our nation's very
0: first. But President Trump is still trying to lock down normally reliable Republican voters, holding his rally tonight in Gastonia, North Carolina, a predominantly white exurb of Charlotte. And the president is facing a cash crunch. New reports show the Trump campaign committee began October with just $63 million in the bank, compared to the Biden campaign's massive $177 million. President Trump has said he may write his campaign a check, but doesn't appear to have done so yet.
6: We need North Carolina, and that's why I'm here.
0: Biden's running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, is just down the road, campaigning today in Charlotte and Asheville, larger cities with more Democratic voters. She also says the Biden campaign plans to stick to the issues at tomorrow night's debate, where President Trump is expected to again go after Joe Biden's son, Hunter.
1: One of the things I love about Joe Biden, he doesn't take on or talk about other people's kids.
0: Now, President Trump says he has been preparing for his final face-off with the former vice president. His advisors are telling him not to interrupt Biden the way he did during the last debate. They believe, in their words, that Biden will trip himself up if he's simply allowed to talk. Nora.
2: Ben Tracy, thank you. Tonight, a Maryland man is facing three federal charges after threatening to kill Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Now, the case is the latest in a growing list of election-related threats. We get more now from CBS's Jeff Begay's.
3: Federal prosecutors say this is James Reed, captured on a door camera, leaving his threatening handwritten note at the Maryland home of a Biden supporter. The note says, we're the ones with those scary guns. When we capture Grandpa Biden, we will all severely beat him to the point of death and would execute both Biden and Kamala Harris on national television. On Tuesday, people in at least three states received emails purportedly from the Proud Boys, a group that President Trump has had difficulty condemning for its violence. Stand back and stand by. We are in possession of all your information. You will vote for Trump on Election Day, or we will come after you. Proud Boys member Enrique Tarrio denied that they were behind it. Whoever did this
4: should serve a long time in prison.
3: Analysis by CBS News shows that the emails were routed from servers overseas. Obscuring their origin. What
1: we're seeing right now with the elections and in this hypercharged environment is this uh, desire to sow fear and intimidation into voters and to prevent people from voting, to scare them away from voting.
3: The FBI is involved because that's the kind of activity they are watching out for this close to an election. DHS says that the emails were meant to intimidate and warn voters not to fall for unverified claims.
2: Aura. An important warning. Jeff Begays, thank you. Tonight, health officials in Brazil report that a volunteer in AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine trial has died. Now, a photo was released of the male volunteer. It's unclear whether he received the vaccine or a placebo shot. AstraZeneca says there are no concerns about continuing the study in Brazil. It is a phase three clinical trial in the U.S. It's, I should say its trial here in the U.S. was put on hold last month after a volunteer in Europe developed neurological symptoms. And there's breaking news tonight that expands who's at risk for being infected with coronavirus. The CDC says it is changing what it defines as close contact with someone who is sick. The new guidance says close contact means being within six feet of an infected person for a total of 15 minutes, even when those 15 minutes are spread out over a full day. Now, that change comes as almost every state in the U.S. is seeing a surge in new COVID cases. Tonight, in a CBS News exclusive, Adriana Diaz is inside Wisconsin's largest hospital where the situation is dire.
1: There are five COVID units at Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee. This ICU is for the most critical. Nurse Ashley Bonus has been here since the start. You look great. Treating patients like 73-year-old attorney Sue Pappas. Do you have any idea how you got it? No.
2: I can't explain it. I was pissed. I was really upset. My family busted their butt. To be safe. To be safe. And all of a sudden... I get it. This is nuts. You okay? I wish people would take this serious.
1: How do you think she's going to do? I feel good about her. I really do. Are you worried about yourself getting this? Initially, I would say yes. Um, We. I'm a type 1 diabetic. I am also 17 weeks pregnant. And you're still choosing to come here and work in the COVID unit every day? yeah it was a hard decision to make it's also that emotional support um during all of this you you take me to a different icu in this hospital and i'm not going to have the camaraderie that i have here one two three this patient has been here for two weeks covid patients are flipped or prone as it's called because it's one of the only things that shows increased survival it helps their breathing even with these strategies today wisconsin hit a record 48 deaths reported
0: The story you're telling here today uh, about the hospital in Milwaukee is one that most people think won't happen to our community. And what unfortunately is going to happen in so many communities across our country, stretching the system beyond anything that we've had in modern history.
1: Among states experiencing another peak, cases in Massachusetts drove Boston schools to go online only, and this is New Jersey's governor leaving an event to enter quarantine after an exposure. Back in Milwaukee, if fighting COVID is a war... Every day is a battle. Figure out what you're fighting for and keep that at the forefront. So this community, these, these patients, these families that are being affected by this, that's what I'm fighting for. The COVID unit is right through these doors. And something that really stuck with us is that their most critical patients aren't elderly. They're people in their 30s and 40s. Another sign that this virus doesn't discriminate and can hit anyone hard. Nora.
2: Adriana Diaz with such incredible reporting. Thank you, Adriana. There is troubling new information tonight about hundreds of migrant children who were separated from their parents at the southern border by the Trump administration. More than two years after a federal judge ordered families to be reunited, hundreds of children and parents are unaccounted for. Here's CBS's Manuel Bahorkis.
4: We were there earlier this year when 17-year-old Selvin Jr reunited with his father more than a year and a half after they were separated at the border there among the lucky ones okay, Nearly 2,800 families were separated under the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy, but more than 1,500 children were separated before the policy became official. Of those, lawyers and volunteers have been unable to find the parents of 545, according to a court filing. Many, many of them are under five years old, and an enormous percentage are under 10 years old. So some of the children may have spent half their lives at this point separated from their families. The ACLU says it's also been unable to find 362 of the children who are likely living either with relatives or in foster care. Today the Trump administration blamed parents who want their children to stay in the U.S. We've contacted these families and the sad truth is that uh, many of them have declined to accept uh, their children back. The ACLU says two-thirds of the parents were deported to Central America, where nonprofits and volunteers go door-to-door searching for them. If the government won't do it, we will find the families. Manuel Borges, CBS News, Miami.
2: Tonight, this stunning news and a major departure from his predecessors. Pope Francis is signaling he supports same-sex civil unions. CBS's Seth Doan reports tonight from Rome.
5: This is a man who
4: cries with humanity. Pope Francis's comments in the documentary were the most public support ever made by a pope. In an interview for the film Francesco, he said homosexual people have a right to be in a family. They are children of God. What we have to create is a civil union law. It's a dramatic departure from the past. This 2003 church document opposes gay unions because they obscure basic moral values and cause a devaluation of marriage. This is not a change of doctrine, but it's a major sea shift in attitude. Monsignor Anthony Figueiredo is a CBS News consultant. But if church doctrine, church teaching doesn't change, then what
5: really changes? Well, attitude is very key. Pope Francis has always upheld marriage is between a man and a woman. But civil laws have changed. And unless the church accepts these civil laws, it means we're actually promoting discrimination if we do not accept what has gone on on the civil level.
4: Nora, LGBTQ advocates see this as an opening and an important message from a pope who's known for surprises.
2: Seth Doan, thank you. The company that makes OxyContin has agreed to plead guilty to criminal charges related to how it marketed the drug. Purdue Pharma will pay $8 billion to resolve claims. Some of that money will go toward treating opioid addiction. Purdue still faces criminal probes in several states. A police officer in Northern California is being hailed as a hero tonight. Officer Pang Lee rescued a woman from a burning car, and not a moment too soon, the officer said he could feel the heat from the fire on his face, but told himself that he would get her out no matter what. Brave indeed. The story we've all been waiting for. So, are you smarter than an average eighth grader? Don't answer till you see who just took home a prestigious science award. Here's CBS's Maria Vireal.
6: I'm Anika Cibrolo and I'm an eighth grader from Frisco, Texas. It seems fitting that in the middle of a pandemic, this budding scientist hopes to one day save lives. Inhibiting the spike protein would stop the virus from entering the cell. With her research on a potential treatment for the coronavirus.
5: Anika, congratulations. You are America's 2020 top young scientist.
6: Her project earned her top prize in the country for middle school scientists and $25,000. I isolated a lead compound from a database of almost 698 million molecules. That discovery, which she hopes will lead to a new weapon against COVID, began two years ago while Anika was researching another pandemic. You know that there are a lot of people at home saying, what 12-year-old is interested in the Spanish <laughs> flu and a pandemic? Yeah, so school is useful. <laughs> a 14-year-old with many talents doing grown-up work. I just wanted to help the world and let children know that they can do whatever they want to accomplish. There were 60,000 deaths in the USA. Alone Inspiring a new generation to reach for the stars. This is Anika Chavrola signing off from Frisco, Texas. And this is Mireya Villarreal signing off
2: for CBS News, North Texas proud of these women in science. Go get them. Join us tomorrow night. Gail King, John Dickerson and I will have live coverage of the debate. That's at 9 Eastern, 6 in the West. And if you can't watch the CBS Evening News live, set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night.